Welcome to Off the Record, talking real estate with Joe and Michaela. If you're interested in the Portland, Oregon real estate market and want the unvarnished inside scoop, you've come to the right place. Thanks for giving us a listen. All right. Welcome, everyone. And thank you for joining the podcast. Michaela, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm happy that the sun is out. But I honestly, I'm a little bitter because I got a little iced coffee on the way over here and it cost me $7.95. What? What? <laughs> I, I got up to the window and I asked, really? $8? I would have made you a dollar and 10 cent Nespresso, which I'm gonna go ahead and say is much better than what you had. And oh, I could have put it think? on ice for you. Well, we're doing that next time. Yeah, you got it. I $8. Will, uh, I'll hook you up. Ridiculous. Is that what it is at Starbucks now? Eight I think bucks? I just get too many modifications on it. I'm so, listener, Jeez. let's do the math on that. How often let's is not. that? Well, if you want to, let's say you're one of your friends thinking of buying their first home or buying an investment home. Mm-hmm. So that was $7. This is a dollar, $6 difference. If you did that twice a day, that's $12 a day times 30 days. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's $360 a month times 12 months. That's a lot. You did that for a year. You got a 3% down payment on a decent little home. Yes, you do. Right? But then I wouldn't be caffeinated and that would be a disaster. This has caffeine. That's true. That's true. Okay. Pre-plan. Plan ahead. Sometimes a girl just needs a iced coffee. I don't know what to say. I hear you. I hear you. I'm the same way. That's good advice. Preach. All right. So, yeah, this podcast has obviously got off to a roaring start. Friday. It is Friday, and we're excited and happy to be with you talking about something that needs all sorts of planning and strategy, right? Yes. How to buy a new home when you have a home to sell. And I'll be honest with you, I think this issue right here is why we're in the inventory position we're in is because there are so many people out there who are in a home who kind of would either love to buy a new home, move up to something that fits their needs better, or just don't quite have the confidence to say, okay, how do I do that? Right? Right. It is eminently doable. We're working with clients right now who we're, we're doing that with, and we have clients coming up that will be doing this. And part of it is just getting past that mental block of, man, that just seems undoable for me. I mean, do you get that? Yeah, I think a lot of people think one or one of two things are going to happen. I think they're worried that they're not going to have a good amount of time to find the property that they love, mm-hmm. really fall in love with one. They're going to have to settle or something like that, which is not the case. And, or they think that they're going to have to make two moves. So they're going to have to move in to a rental temporarily or with a family member. Obviously, that's not doable for everybody, but there's ways around both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And that could be an option. I mean, when you look at the whole thing, making that second move maybe makes sense for you or you have the ability to do that. But for the most part, most of the people we work with don't have to make second moves. Mm -hmm. So we've got five steps to make this happen that we can share with you folks today. And uh, hopefully this will help you out. As a reminder, uh, we like to post a lot of different graphics and different things about our podcast topics at our website, liveportland.com, L-I-V portland.com, where you can get all sorts of great information, but also specifically on our topic today, we'll have different graphics and maybe a little bit of, of a summary about what we're doing here so that people can go there after the fact and get more information. The other thing that's there that I think is super valuable is we have a couple of different booklets 
our home sellers guide. And then also we have a monthly that quarterly or monthly, monthly, I think that comes out, talks about the home selling process and that type of thing. Those are free. It's a digital booklet. It's not anything you got to print. You just click the link and it goes to our digital magazine uh, platform and all sorts of great information. So livportland.com. But let's get started with our topic here. So I am in a home and it doesn't fit my needs. I want to move up. I know that some homes are out there that would really fit my needs. I see them on the market. I see them selling pretty quickly, but how do I make that happen? I think the first thing you got to do is focus on the home that you're in currently, right? So getting your home ready to sell, I think is job number one. And you see a lot of homes. You're showing properties all the time. Tell me what's the first thing you notice when you come in that people could change immediately about the readiness for their home to be sold and the appeal that buyers look at? I would say decluttering. There shouldn't be anything on the countertops. There shouldn't be any family photos up even personal belongings. I think a couple's okay. (laughs) Nothing. Like bare walls. Double digits of those? No. Yeah. Right. Anytime when we go on a tour and we'll see maybe four to six homes in one day, the ones that are more cleaned out, cleaner in general, are the ones that people remember more and tend to gravitate towards. So also spend time maybe like airing out your house. Every house kind of has their smell, which no one likes to talk about, but open the windows before showings and Mm -hmm. just Take as much of your things out as possible. Make sure your things like dog beds or litter boxes are cleaned up or gone in the garage or something like that. But also spend a lot of time deep cleaning the house. I think people miss little details like cleaning their baseboards or the windows. And those are all noticed when we go through on tours. The thing I would suggest is talk to your trusted real estate professional. And if you don't have one, give us a call. We're more than happy to sit down with you. But we do this all the time where we have clients that reach out to us and say, hey, getting ready to sell my home in a couple months. I just want to know what are the projects I should do? What am I going to get a return on me on my investment? So if I spend money on this, is that going to help me in the selling process? And you would be surprised how often we go in and take someone's list and 90% of it, we say, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't spend the money on that. You're not going to get a return on that. The things that you will typically get a return on is like Michaela said, decluttering, paint, nice, crisp, clean coat of paint is a great way to go, but there's not a whole lot else. It is what it is. Unless you know, you're going to do a full kitchen remodel or something like that, that you want to do. So definitely consult your professional and then have them over to your house to do a quick 10, 15 minute walkthrough. The other thing is they can give you a pretty good idea of current price and on our marketplace, depending on how far you out are, are out between when you have that visit and when you put the home on the market, always get that updated, right? Don't work off of old pricing. But those are the things that you can do to really get your home ready to sell. That's job number one. So let's talk about number two understanding and planning for the right timeline. A lot of people will say, once I have my house ready, I'm just, I'm ready to go, right? But you you really need to think about when do I want to be in my new home and working backwards from taking possession to the closing that's going to have to happen 30, 45 days, 60 day closing, and then the market time for your home and how long it typically takes for homes like yours to sell in your neighborhood in your area. All take all of that into consideration because those timelines are incredibly important. If you want to be ready to sell and have all the work put in, it's 90 days usually mm-hmm. to try to get that accomplished. So if you say, "Hey, I want to be in my home September 1st." You probably need to start talking to a professional right now 
get your plan put together and work backwards from there. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to have more time. I think people who wait too long tend to just get overwhelmed and give up or their house isn't totally ready to go to the market. So a hundred percent. So the other thing that you can utilize is possession, rent backs, different things like that. And that planning and that understanding of timelines is what a professional broker can bring to the table for you. And allowing you to figure out, okay, getting my home put together, understanding pricing, pricing competitively. And that doesn't mean undervaluing. That just means understanding where that razor's edge of being competitively priced is and having your home positioned in a way that it's going to attract the maximum amount of buyers. But then also, once you get an offer, having your plan in place of, okay, my timing is if I want to be closed by August 1st, right? Going out, making sure that I have my next home in place, but I want to have two or three weeks or maybe 30 days after my closing where I stay in my current home. And a lot of people don't understand that concept. Depending on the price terms and conditions of your offer, you may be able to negotiate a way to keep possession of your home after you sell. A lot of times that's with a rent back, meaning you pay your new buyer to rent your own home for a certain amount of time. Or if it's a competitive situation, they might even give you possession for another 15, 30, 45 days after closing at no cost, which is always a great way to go. I yeah, mean, it's you're, you're writing in, in that into your earnest money, your sale agreements all the time, aren't you? Yeah. And more often than not, it's a free rent back like you're talking about, just so we can make our offer the most attractive. And that's just the way the market is right now. So if you're a seller, take advantage of it. Yeah. And that makes it, think about the leverage that gives you to allow for having the proceeds from your sale and being able to go out, close on your next home. Hopefully those two are in place, but then you have time to move out of your home into your new home without having to make that second move. It's complicated. You probably have a lot of questions. We'll leave it at that for now, but reach out to your trusted professional and talk about rent back or possession after closing, because that's a critical tool when it comes to buying a home while you have a home to sell. Mm -hmm. Just so people understand, it's 60 days, right? 60 days is kind of the max rent back that you can do. Obviously, you can't. After that, it becomes an investment in the lender's eyes, right? Okay. A rental property, so to speak. Um, There's different tips and tricks and different ways to structure that. For the most part, yes, yeah, 60 days is the max. But think about how much you could get done in 60 days. Yeah. And that's not including your closing period. So closing itself is 30 to 45 days. So Exactly. So we talked about a couple of other different options. You could put your home on the market, get your home sold and make it subject to you finding a property of your choosing, right? Mm-hmm. So the buyer of your home, and if you have a super, if your home is one of the top 5% in its neighborhood marketplace, you're going to be calling the shots. And there's a lot of buyers that will wait, right? They want to be in a certain neighborhood. They see your home and say, wow, okay, yeah, I would wait 60 days or 90 days to buy this home just because of how nice it is, or it's in the exact neighborhood they want to be, something like that. So you could call the shots and say, I'm going to sell my home, but you have to agree that I get 60, 90 days. A little bit of a roll of the dice. We don't see it as much anymore, but that's a strategy. The other one is selling first. And I've actually seen this more in the last six months than I think I've seen in the last five years. And that people just say, you know what? I'm going to sell my home. I'm going to get a month uh, like a VRBO, Airbnb, and have my proceeds so that I can make the strongest offer possible and be able to get into the home in the neighborhood that I want. 
and take my time doing it. Right. Right. There's some costs involved, storage, all those type of things. But I think that strategy is great if you don't mind some of those things and you have the wherewithal to make that happen. Don't you think? Yeah. And if you do it right, it doesn't have to be too costly. I mean, obviously running a VRBO or Airbnb for a month or two isn't ideal, but if you get one of those pod things delivered mm-hmm. to your house, I mean, you just pack that thing, you have it stored somewhere and you bring it to your property that you buy in a couple of months. So yeah. it can be pretty painless. And the good thing about VRBOs is you can extend the time if you need to, you know, maybe you don't find uh, the right home right away. So yeah, there's going to be a premium to that, but all good strategies. Let's talk about number three and number three is absolutely critical. All of these are, but meeting with your mortgage professional, you got to get that scheduled, get that done. I would say getting your home ready to sell, getting your timeline in place. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, schedule that time to meet with your mortgage broker, to talk to them about what your options are, what your affordability, what you can get approved for and get everything up front with them so that you know exactly what your situation is. Don't you agree? Yeah. The thing that's so incredibly important about that is if you find the home that you want, you get your home on the market, you know, whatever your scenario is, but when you go to make that offer on your next home, if you're not approved, if you don't have that confidence through your mortgage professional, the listing broker, like if when I get those and I can tell someone it just is not a great approval or they've met with them and it says that they've just met with them, I've got a lot of questions, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be making some calls to find out, okay, we're not going to accept your offer. We love your offer, but where are you at in your finance process here? Right. Do you have all your paperwork, right? Has your credit been pulled? All those things need to happen. And the sooner you get that done, the more clarity you have about what your situation is, what you can afford. And then there's the confidence factor, right? Just knowing, oh, okay, yeah, I'm good up to $650,000, whatever the number might be. And I can look in confidence knowing that, oh, this one came on the market at 630. Oh my gosh, this one's beautiful. I love it. Do we need to go over asking 10,000? Sure, not a problem. I can do that. And knowing what that scenario is, I think is is just so important. Yeah, agreed. So let's talk about number four. After meeting with your broker, identifying the home, the neighborhood, the area that you want to be in. And if you haven't listened to our uh, five most affordable areas in Portland, great podcast on what the areas in Portland that you can get the best deal on right now. We just put that out and there are some areas that actually are coming down in price. There are areas where you might be surprised to know what the average sale price is and that you can actually get a four bedroom, three bath, almost 3,000 square feet for under 500,000 and be close to town. So check that out because when you're looking at different areas and neighborhoods, you really want to do your research and figure out, hey, I've always thought that I wanted to be in Beaverton, but Tiger Tualatin area, I don't know much about it. Let's figure out you know, what's available there. How many of the buyers that you're working with or have worked with, have you asked them to maybe think about different areas and have them have they come to you being surprised that, oh, wow, okay, yeah, we do want to see this now? Almost all. I think people always have a, a very strict location in their minds when they're looking to buy, which is great. But keeping your options open is, is always a good idea. Like you said, I have, I've had one buyer in the last 12 months who they wanted to be in Sherwood and only Sherwood. It took some time and we got them there and they had, they got their dream house. But more often than not, I feel like people yeah. venture out. Yeah. Let's talk about contingent offers real quick. 2022, 2021, it just wasn't happening. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> As a representing a seller, we were not looking at contingent offers. Sorry, I've got six other offers that are non-contingent that I'll look at. So, mm-hmm. but it's a different market right now, and in many areas, we're finding that. Things have slowed down, longer market times, and sellers are more open to looking at contingent offers. From a buyer's point of view, that means that you have to have your home either on the market or ready to put it on the market within 72 hours. And that's where num- we go back to number one, which is getting your home ready to sell and having it ready at a moment's notice. Because when you find that property, you're going to kick yourself if you wish that you would put yourself in a position to have your home ready to go. And that means getting photography, having your trusted professional real real estate broker, getting photography and all of those things ready so that when you find it, you know it, you can make that offer. If they're open to a contingent offer, bang, you can have your home on the market and hopefully sold quickly and get that sale done. Obviously, everyone's preferring non-contingent still, but... I think if the price is right on a contingent offer and it's strong in a lot of other ways, I think people are still really considering them. I think the important thing too is being able to have your realtor prove that your home is going to sell quickly. So like you said, having that photography ready to send over even in your offer saying, hey, look at our home. We did a great job. We've cleaned it up. It's ready. Here's what we're going to price it at. Here are other homes in the neighborhood that have recently sold quickly. There's no reason why this one shouldn't go quickly too. So that'll strengthen your offer. That's such a great point. That is such a great point. And I remember we sold a home a month or two ago and we had three contingent offers. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember the difference between the the offers. The one that we ended up accepting was the 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 buyer's broker had a fantastic package put together of here's their property, here's the comps we priced it here. We think that's aggressive. Here's our marketing plan. This is what we're going to be doing because you almost have to when you're making an offer and asking someone to we want to buy your home, but we got something to take care of first. <laughs> But we've got a plan and this is how strong our plan is and we want you to buy into that. If the broker that's representing you just says, yeah, we're going to tell them that we're going to put it on the market. As a listing broker, I've got questions. Yeah. Okay, what price? Where are you at? What part of the, the area? Tell me about what you've got going. Right. Because are they wanting all... to price too high? Exactly. Exactly. So all of that is part of the plan. The other thing is new construction. So when you're identifying your next home, new construction can be an absolute beautiful way to go because of the timelines that they have. And for the most part, they do a good job of hitting on schedule. But we have clients we're working with right now who are, we're getting ready to get their home on the market because that's what schedules into when their new home is going to be done. So it's a great way to go. If you haven't listened to our podcast on things you should know when you're buying a new construction property, if that's in your plans or that's something you're thinking of, please listen, please watch that podcast because buying a new construction home is nothing like buying a resale home. It's a hundred percent different and you need to know some of the basics up front. Otherwise you can get into the process, not even knowing that, oh, wait, I'm committed to X, Y, or Z. Not represented. Or, yeah, oh, wait, you're telling me I can't have my own representation now? Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. So uh, I highly recommend that, but new construction can be great. The other thing is builders, are they're okay with contingent, right? Yeah, they can. It just depends on the builder. It depends on the builder, depends on what their inventory is. But we've seen a bunch of them right now that are like, yeah, sure. Just going back a bit, let's, I think people would like to hear a little bit more about that client you're just talking about who they're getting ready to move into their new construction this year. So talking about that timeline, just for reference, when are we going to put their home on the market and when are we expecting their new construction to be complete? So we will put their home on the market middle of May, right? We expect to 
to sell probably the first weekend, maybe the second weekend. We've identified that there are no other homes like this home. It is a highly sought after area and we are very clear on the pricing and we actually expect it to go over. That being said, if we have a, a sale in place for them by June 1st, we've got about a 30, we're going to call it a 45 day closing time. So middle of July, we're going to ask for 30 days of rent back because we feel like we're going to be in a position with the terms and conditions and we're going to have that leverage in the negotiations to ask for a 30-day possession after closing. And that will put us right around a week or two weeks after when they're expected to get to their new home. So they will have their sale in place be able to close on their new construction, move into their new ex- construction home over a week or two weeks, and then give possession of their home. So that's perfect. getting yeah. those dominoes in place is, is critically important. Having that plan, but that takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of coordination, but it's eminently doable. Right. It just, you have to have the right plan in place and be asking the right questions and understand your situation. And these folks are like, they have a home that is going to sell in a heartbeat. They're going to be able to name the terms and conditions to that. Not the case for a lot of people, but it's doable, whatever your situation is. Yeah. We've been working on that one for a while, but like you said, it's doable with good planning. Mm-hmm. 100%. So the fifth, the number five point that is critically important is meeting with your real estate professional, <laughs> right? I think that one goes without saying. I- I've mentioned this to you before in that of all the things we do, when people have a home to sell, they want to buy, but they have a home to sell. This is one of the trickiest things we do. It's also one of the things that I think people have the most anxiety about. But meeting with your professional, sit down and see if it's a possibility for you. I can't tell you how many times we talk to people and they're like, well, they're just, we don't know how this would look. We're waiting for the market to have more inventory or we're waiting for this or waiting for that. And in reality, there's no reason for them to wait. And in fact, they may be hurt by waiting because factors change, markets change, that type of thing. But just having the conversation is critically important. So have that conversation up front, meet with whoever your trusted professional is to see what the scenario might look like. Mm -hmm. I think when you say trusted professional, sometimes that kind of sounds like a cliche or something we just say, but I really believe you should trust the person that you're going to be working with. Because if you don't have trust with that person, I can understand why you would think that someone might push you into a situation or rush you to get your home ready for sale or looking at purchases, what, even if it doesn't pencil out for you. So let's right. take the time. We'll be honest. If we don't think that your home is going to sell at a great value right now, or you need to make some big repairs, or just doesn't make sense for you to be doing this move up, we'll be honest with you. And if you don't have that trust with somebody, maybe reevaluate who you're working with. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I've been telling clients for 28 plus years now, and I got this from a uh, an old friend of mine who was in the business who since passed, but he was so incredibly knowledgeable, so incredibly just great in the business. And he told me right up front, he said, the biggest gift you can give your clients is being honest and not candy coating things and not telling them things that you think they want to hear, right? Because the decisions they're going to have to make are incredibly important and they need the facts. They need your opinion. They need what you know, and they need to have all the facts out in front of them to make the best decisions for them and their family and for what they're trying to accomplish. And this is a very large financial transaction that you're talking about. And the last thing you want is for someone to not give you the facts, not be honest with you, or tell you what you want to hear because that does you no good 
when you're putting everything together to make this big decision. So when we say trusted professional, you got to have that bond and you need someone that A, knows what they're doing, who is a professional, but also that you have that trust that they're telling you and giving you the best information that they have. Now, you still have to make that decision, right? But it's a easier decision. It's a decision that you can feel good about and have some confidence that you're going to be making the right decision when you know that you're getting the unvarnished truth. And that's critically important when you're talking about having that relationship with someone like a real estate broker. I agree. You can always expect the unvarnished truth on this podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, (laughs) she went there. She went there. Yeah. And that's why we call it off the record, because when you're having some of these conversations, Some of it's got to be off the record. And we share a lot of things here that you're probably not going to get in a lot of other places, such as how to forego a cup of coffee at Starbucks (laughs) and have a down payment for a home, right? Yes. I'm still not ready to talk about it, but I I think you should. Right. Well, I had a lot of fun with this. I think this is great information. You can go to livportland.com, liveportland.com to find out more about it. But any last thoughts on this whole topic? Not that I can think of. Hopefully this was helpful and reach out if you have any further questions or want us to really sit down and pencil it out with you, we're happy to help. Happy to help and happy to offer our insights and our unvarnished inside scoop. Inside scoop, And hopefully that can be helpful for you. But for now, thanks so much for joining us. For Michaela, I'm Joe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more about Joe, myself, or the Live Portland team, you can go to liveportland.com. Thanks for giving us a listen and see you next time on the Off the Record podcast.